Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today is going down right here. Welcome to FST, Tuesday edition. Mike Lude and Dave Martinez. Kicking it off with another win, Dane. I thought we were toasting our league. I did. I looked at Corey Parsons, fancy executive team. He was down like 25 or 30. And I just thought, I think in my head I thought it was 20. But uh, we squeaked it out. What am I going to say? We got the win. We sure did. It was 31 points, and he had Zeke and the Dallas defense. Dallas defense got lit up by your boys, Mariota, LaFleur, What's up, Titans? And uh, Zeke failed to reach the end zone, which I think was a big part. In my survivor pick, it's down to two of us. Guy picked Dallas last night. So I already made my pick for this week. Yep. Uh, It's a debate for me. Uh, Mm. I'll say it on air. He's he's probably not listening. I hope he's not. But it's between (laughs) Philly and... And Atlanta for me. Atlanta goes to Cleveland this week, and Philly hosts Dallas. I'm out on Dallas. I've been out right. on Dallas, and right. they did not look good. They just did not play a clean football game last night. Dak's interception in the end zone was horrendous. Uh, they make they're making a lot of mistakes. They just make a lot of mistakes, and and it just comes down to how well are they being coached right now, and are the is his message forget what. Isolate what you think about Jason Garrett for a moment. Even if you like his style overall, his message must be lost on these guys by this point. Yeah. I, I, you know, listen, I, I was saying this going into the season with teams like Cincy and Marvin Lewis, with Baltimore and Harbaugh, right? But the same could be said for, for, for Garrett. And, and, and a lot of people just don't think he's a good coach. You know, like what, what has he done you know, who has he developed? What great, like, what, talk to me. If you're his agent, what are you hanging your hat on? You know, like, what is the top line on his resume, to be quite honest? You know, he's pretty much one of these eight and eight guys. He's going the way of Jeff Fisher, in my opinion. I think you're right. Uh, look, they, they've had a lot of eight and eight seasons under Jason Garrett. They, the 13 and three season a couple of years ago. Well, when they had the best offensive line in football and a, and, a, and, a, and a rookie running back who's proven to be one of the best running backs in the game, and he was taking advantage of that. Uh, I agree. But I'm saying even when they had this. So last year they went nine and seven, year before the 13 and three season where they lost the first playoff game that they played in. Right. Uh, on uh, the game I was at, actually, year before that, four and 12. That's how they got Zeke. Year right. before that, uh, eight and eight. Year before that, eight and eight. It's just a lot of you know time and time again. A twenty fourteen, they went twelve and four. I guess that was that was Romo's last. That season. was the Dez catch, I think. Right? That was uh, the Dez. Yeah, yeah. That's Is right. it a catch? That's right. That's yep. right. 
Yeah, they lost that game in Green Bay, uh, 26-21. So, After beating Detroit, I believe, in the first round. So this decade, you know, I'm going back through it now, 8-8 eight and eight in 2013, 8-8 eight and eight in 2012, 8-8 eight and eight in 2011, 6-10 and 10 in 2010. So this decade, they've had three winning seasons, including last year's 9-7 and seven squad. The 13-3 and three squad bowed out right away. The 12-4 and four squad was the good one with the, the Des catch and all that kind of good stuff. But, yep. I mean, he's been there. You know, he's been there since – I'm just trying to find that. Yeah, he's, he showed up in 2011. So he's been there for most of this decade. And he's produced the two winning seasons. No, yeah. Uh, no, three. So three and now we're looking at – we're probably on the road to a, another 8-8 eight and eight or losing season. And I yep. just don't think that Jerry is the type to make a so huge move right now. I will say, though, that starting this Sunday, they have four games in 18 days. Well, so, well, with Thanksgiving coming up, right? Yes. So that is a pretty tough schedule. The first two are on the road. The next two are at home. But it's uh, it's not a good look right now. I just thought they, you know, certainly in the second half, they got thoroughly outplayed. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. I'm going to zoom out a little bit, right? Blew it. The Washington Redskins, I think, lost like three of their starting offensive linemen against Atlanta, right? Um, So, and and, and Washington did not look impressive. They looked a little fugazi at five and two anyway, right? And Dallas had an opportunity, did not grab the brass ring. I think this setting up for Philly to wind up to be honest, like cruising to almost like a 9-7 and seven division title. But as it relates to Dallas, the one other thing I'd say, you mentioned Jerry Jones, and I thought you were going to go somewhere else. I actually think maybe the thing that could save Jason Garrett is that, uh, you know, Jerry Jones has his hand in that puppet so far up already that maybe he doesn't want to try to break in a new coach to understand what that dynamic truly is in Dallas. Maybe, you know, he's got Garrett right there as a yes man to him, and that's what Jerry wants more than anything. That might save Garrett's job. He's been there eight years. They've won one playoff game. It's true. So what are we doing? But you think, I don't know, you think Jerry wants to bring in a new guy who's going to start to challenge him and stuff like that? I don't think that's in Jerry's DNA. The interesting thing is, who would be the veteran to step up to be like, listen, we have to make a change. Is it Sean Lee who got injured again last night? Injured again. Is he even going to be on the team next year? Like, does he look towards retirement as he keeps getting injured? Is it Tyron one of these Smith? Linemen. Is it Travis yeah, Frederick who's been yeah. out, obviously, with Guillain-Barre syndrome? Do, is, it Nate, is it Nick Martin? It's um, one of these linemen, or it's, I, I like you said, know. Lee. Because it's not Dak. He's already positioned Dak as to be a yes man also. You know, with the anthem, he's getting that a good ad money that Cam Newton lost. You know what so, I mean? So I, I, I just – I do find it hard to believe that they would continue on, uh, just keep going 8-8. Eight and eight. And I, I just – I didn't think they looked good at all last night. I didn't like them going into the game, but uh, – and I know it was tied at halftime. It wasn't like they got blown out of the water or anything. But uh, they just continue to shoot themselves in, in the foot. Zeke Elliott last night, he has 21 touches for 112 yards. We had somebody tweeted us this morning that they were worried about Zeke Elliott. But honestly, right. if he dove, if he gets into the end zone there on that one drive where he dove towards the end zone and they gave him another shot, nobody's complaining. It, it isn't a great night rushing the ball. 17 carries for 61 yards, 3.6 average. But I don't think he would complain about it. He's still going to continue to get the ball. 15 PPR points. Yeah, you're still – yeah. 
Right, so if he gets into the end zone there, and you're over twenty, and it's a really good day. It's just you, you can't always. Um, I mean, it can't be 20-point games every single week. So I'm not concerned about it overall. I think we know what this offense is trying to do. You know, on the surface, the Zach's 21 for 31 for 243 and two touchdowns doesn't really look that bad. But the interception was such a killer. Yeah, it really, in the end zone. It really changed the course of the entire game. So Yeah, Dallas looked like they were, you know, the better team early on. Yeah. You know, they were moving the ball. And that, that – that, um, Red zone pick really uh, changed the narrative of that yeah, first so half, Amari, and ultimately the game scripts of Zeke. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even get, I didn't even get to watch before Amari Cooper scored. He scored pretty quick, five for fifty-eight, and the touchdown. So they got him involved right away. Uh, Zeke Elliott really the next best option at receiver, four for fifty-one, and then Michael Gallup saw six targets last night. Do we see an uptick there from Michael Gallup the rest of the way? The problem with something like this is now you want me to jump on a rookie wide receiver on a team that isn't particularly great at throwing the ball and spreads it around in the manner that they do. I can't just jump on board with Michael Gallup as an option. If you've got guys that are hurt or you're extremely taxed with buys, maybe he's somebody to look at, but I'm not going to jump on that. In fact, the announcers were sort of starting to uh, – Al Michaels uh, – no, sorry – uh, Jason Witten and Joe Tessitore last night were talking a little bit about it. They sort like, is there anything there? Do we see a little bit more out of Gallup? They seem to be hinting at that, but I'm not a buyer just yet. So here's what I was saying with Scott the last hour. I'm not a buyer either on Gallup. What I do think this does, though, I think the roles are becoming clearer. I think that's fair. for the Cowboys for the Cowboys wide receivers, and I think it's Amari is that number one, that X guy. You saw him on some comebacks. You saw them working him involved. Cole Beasley gets to revert back to his you know prototypical slot role, and targets, I think that though. come on. But still, I mean, he is going to be that over-the-middle, that two-way-go kind of guy. You know what you have in in, uh, in Beasley. And Gallup, I think, is the other outside. He's the Y guy, right? He's the other outside receiver. He does have some speed. So I think that they'll, you know, the roles are more definitive. Even though we got in the end zone uh, yesterday or last night, I think this spells very bad things for Alan Hearns. But as it relates to Michael Gallup, there's other wide receivers that Scott and I talked about on the waiver wire, you know, that we would much rather have, uh, you know, even even an Adam Humphreys at this part point, I would much rather have in Tampa than what we're seeing out of Gallup. But I know we'll talk waivers a little bit later on. I mean, they only ran 54 plays last night. It's a really low right. total. So the, the Titans are, if they're good at anything, it's making these things look ugly. Ugly, They yeah. just want to get in a phone booth and just, slug it out it's how they lose to the bills and then they beat the cowboys by two touchdowns in dallas it's just a very it's a weird team uh you know all that I'm it's on almost like they're them. still exotic smash mouth they're I, still almost the, exotic it's smash right mouth. that's right it is odd but the one thing i'll say is that based on last night at if in addition to other games, I know Derrick Henry ends up getting in the end zone, so he saved you if you had to play him. But they really are utilizing Deion Lewis in a big way. 23 touches last night. Derrick Henry only six. Uh, Marcus Mariota had 10 carries to Derrick Henry six. Um, and Deion Lewis another four catches for 60 yards, so 112 yards for him overall. 100, excuse me, 122 yards for him overall with the touchdown. Really nice day for Deion Lewis. I, I screwed myself the other day. Remember what I said on Friday? I accidentally left Marquise Goodwin in a lineup. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. it was in favor. It's it ended up being in favor of Dion Lewis. Ooh. I basically had it. Doesn't matter. I won, but uh, I had a choice between Josh Gordon and Dion Lewis on Sunday, so I went Josh Gordon. So it's all it's all good. I mean, I, I had a good week, so I feel good about gotcha. it. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so I was let me say, just I'm do, on Dion Lewis too. Go yeah, ahead. So go ahead. We have one more thing on Tennessee. Uh, so I know Scott Engel has been uh, banging the drum to cut Derrick Henry. The only thing I'll say is that if he's still getting these looks, then he's going to vulture these touchdowns. Let's just not cut him because I don't know who right. you're cutting him for. I think he's I, bench, but not cut. Yeah, maybe last guy on the bench. But sure. I don't cut guys like that because Deion Lewis has missed mm. multiple seasons worth of injuries. Right. And if they keep giving right. the ball 23 times, the Sam might be running through that hourglass pretty soon, so don't cut him just yet. It, it, you know, if you, it doesn't matter whether you have Deion Lewis or not. I'm just saying, leave him as the last guy on your bench. I don't know what your bye weeks look like and all that kind of stuff. But uh, anyway, I thought the play calling though at times for Mariota was interesting. They had a really nice job on the the shovel pass to Jonu Smith on that yeah, sort of that run pass nice. option that was very Oregon esque. I thought the announcers did a great job of detailing what the issue seemed to be with Derrick Henry, and I can't. I can't disagree with them in any way simply because it's two coaching staffs now that have decided that he's better as our second back. I mean, 23 touches to six tells you, excuse yep. me, to eight, tells you everything you need to know. They're not utilizing him. They, the, uh, Jason Witten was very pointed in saying he doesn't seem to utilize his power in the way that is anticipated. And I, I would imagine that two coaching staffs have evaluated that in a similar manner i i, I it must be what they're thinking as well yeah um you know i guess 45 pounds yeah but people you know people thought that he was going to be this kind of revolutionary guy that was that big and had some speed that he was going to be you know the best parts of Garrett blunt well, and brandon it? jacobs but it just hasn't come so instead you know to me he's relegated more to like how the patriots used to use mike gillisley he's just a goal line back um, and Dion Lewis is the back here. And, I, you know, you mentioned as bye weeks. Listen, I had in our Greenwich Street Tavern League, blew it. I had Joe Mixon on bye. I put Dion Lewis in my running backs with Dion Lewis and Alvin yes. Kamara this week. And so don't sure. look now in the standings of our season. But in our division, blew it. You continue to roll. You are 8-1. and one. There are some big-time teams in our Greenwich Street Tavern League, right? There's you at 8-1. and one. There's one of the commissioners at 8-1. and one. He owns Gurley. There's our guy, Scott Engel, who's 7-2, and two, leading the other division. Um, big friend of the network, J- JR, Jimbo Slice, who I gave his first win to. I Those four him. teams are dominant. I beat him. Right? You beat week. him last night. Right. And I beat him the week before. He was 7-0. and Okay. Um, but those four teams are head and shoulders above the rest. Don't look now. Blew it. But the only other team above 500 that's on a four-game win streak is the Spitting Statisticians at 6-3. and three. And I did, in fact, have Deion Lewis in last night. I needed two How points. He got me 22. Four or six? I think it's six. I think it's okay. six. So you're 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 in yeah. good position. So. I think I'm sitting in a decent spot. Okay. I think I'm sitting in a decent spot, getting healthy. So I guess the only frustrating thing for people that had any of the wide receivers, Corey Davis is, was in the mix last night. He touched the ball seven times. He got a carry, but six catches for 56 yards. I think he's been consistently knocking that out. John o. Smith gets a touchdown. Deion Lewis gets a passing touchdown uh, on a really nice screen pass. He was just sort of wide open and, and got through the defense. But each team targeted nine wide receivers uh eight nine caught them for 
Tennessee and eight caught them for Dallas. Cole Beasley threw a yeah. pass to Dak Prescott. So, um, so that's it on that game. Uh, a couple turnovers uh, there. Dak Prescott lost a fumble. He threw the interception in the end zone. Tennessee lost a couple of fumbles, both of them from Mariota. So uh, that's where we're at. I thought Tennessee's defense uh, did show some stiffening last night. So I, I like them coming out of the bye, and here they are, 4-4 four and four in that division, which you mentioned that th- there could be a 9-7 and seven champ in the NFC East. Houston two games up now on that division but i think that one's a long way from over in my opinion i still think that tennessee will have something to say about it i give jacksonville an outside shot to say something about it they're obviously having significant quarterback issues but uh, i think that division is a long way from over i don't think houston's going to run away and hide from the rest of this division no i don't either i think that's a good point um, you know, I've been saying that they're going to beat each other up the whole time. And listen, if you look at this Tennessee schedule, right, they still have the Colts twice in that division. They still go to Houston. They still have Jacksonville. So there's a lot still left to be decided. You know, the, um, the Titans have four or five division games left, including Houston and Jacksonville. They win those games. Uh, you know, they're right still there for the division title. I will say this, though. Whoever wins the AFC South, I am picking them to lose at home to the Los Angeles Chargers on Wild Card Weekend. Uh, so there you go. Chargers looking good right now. According to Elias Sports, by the way, the Texans are the fourth team in NFL history to win six straight games immediately after, after an 0-3 start. And it's the first since the 1970 Giants. So for those of you to think... It isn't a rarity. It hasn't happened in since before Dane and I were born. So uh, very interesting situation going on in Houston. I did not think that they were going to be in the mix like that. I didn't think they were going to bounce back from that 0-3, certainly not in the manner that they did. I know they haven't played a murderous row of teams, but uh, they you know they put themselves in a good spot. <laughs> it's a good you offense. Only beat the people in front of uh, it's okay that they benefited from a missed field goal. They put themselves in yep. a position to win on the road. So, uh, one pick I lost last week. In we'll our talk about our Denver. picks when we come back and talk a little yep. bit about uh, the Le'Veon Bell scenario as well because the clock is ticking. Sure seven is. days. <laughs> seven days. Eight, He's tweeting about it too. Seven hours and 40 minutes. Ooh, the countdown Until he goes, shows up. Dana and I will be back right after this on FST. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Excited. Yeah, buddy. Revving it up on a Tuesday morning. It's FST. Mikey Dane here with you. Hit us up on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. Dane is at Spittin' Speeds. I'm at Mike Blewett. And, you know, Dane, the, we talked about the Le'Veon Bell Watch. We'll talk about our picks in a second, too. But the Le'Veon Bell Watch is on. It is, as I said, 7 
days, about uh, a little less than eight hours, actually, seven hours and 38 minutes. <laughs> Just keeping you up to date minute by minute. So, um, obviously, I think that he's coming in. It is, uh, it is also obviously unclear that he will. I, right. I've just said all along, I, I, right after the trade deadline passed, I was like, all right, we'll just see him on November 13th. Like, that's when he's coming in. I don't see him passing up the year of service. Some people seem to think it's unclear, but I, I just think that's what's going to happen now. He'll either show up Monday or Tuesday. Uh, it's a Thursday game, so he could actually show up earlier. He could be there Saturday, you know, and just say, well, I'm not, I'm not playing in this game. We'll look towards next week. Um, I guess that makes sense. Uh, for his getting the year of service, and then they're moving on. We talked the other day on the show on Lineup Lock Live with Sam Garns, and a former NFLer, just trying to get a sense of what you know he would do in this scenario. He, he's not in that locker room. He's been in locker rooms, but just trying to get a sense of what he thinks would happen. And I, he thinks that there'll be some maybe a little bit of discontent, but the the way that that team is built and everybody is pretty good about not going to the press, Antonio Brown notwithstanding, that right. uh, they can just move on with it. But he does think that there'll be a share of the carries, maybe like a 60-40 split, Bell to Connor, uh, so that they have both guys relatively healthy going towards the playoffs. I think that does make sense. It's really bad news for fantasy owners, though. It is. And I got I got it. I mean – Two things. One, uh, you know, monitoring the social media of it all. Yesterday, Le'Veon Bell did tweet, farewell Miami. Um, so that's got to mean that he's he's heading north, right? You got you to, gotta, if you want to read the tea leaves on that one. I, I just, honestly, Mike, James Conner is RB3 in fantasy right now. You know, I mean, slightly behind Alvin Kamara, you know, for RB2. It goes Gurley, Kamara, and then James Conner. He's ahead of Kareem Hunt, ahead of Saquon Barkley, ahead of Melvin Gordon and Christian McCaffrey. I mean, yes, I know Lev Bell. But, like, is there any potential for, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it? I mean, the Steelers are rolling also their last four games, you know, 41 points, 28 points, 33 points. They're, I mean, I, I just, I, yes, I'm a Connor owner in a lot of places, so I'm, 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 I'm jaded, but is there anything to the if it ain't broke, don't fix it? You've been the one saying that they're a one-back scheme, and, and Connor right now is one of the best running backs in the NFL. He's there's, a pro bowler right now. There's no precedent, really, for the Steelers having to deal with this. Um, so he's not lost his job due to injury. He's not lost his job due to anything else other than the fact that he didn't show up to work. Like, that's why you lost your job. So yeah. it would make sense if they were like, all right, man, well, you're the backup for now. You're getting paid. Mm-hmm. Seven million bucks for the rest of the year, six million, whatever it is, uh, and you're the backup. So you know, good luck with that. And like blew it, you're he a might be okay fan, with right? that. Yeah, he might be okay with that. Yeah, I mean that's right because maybe because remember all of this is for him to preserve his body anyway, right? Yeah. So maybe he is okay with that. Like. Blue, you're a Steelers fan. They're five, two, and one right now. Let's say they get a big win 
this Thursday. I think they're playing the Panthers. That's a big one, right? Let's say they win. They go 6-2-1-1. They're rolling, you know. Everything is, you know, unicorns and rainbows for Steelers fans. And then when Lev Bell comes back, they lose their next game or the offense doesn't look right. Aren't you saying let's just go back to the way it's been in the month of October? I don't think you want to play hot potato at all. I think you're going to make a decision going in um, where, that it's going to be split or this is going to be the guy. And that's why, because of the way he's played, I would find it hard to believe that it's going to be Le'Veon Bell in the lead and Connor just playing back up like D'Angelo Williams and Fitzgerald Toussaint right. and those guys did over the course of years. They can figure out a way to do it. it they can rotate them in and out. It's that's a Freeman-Coleman kind thing. of thing. They don't have to switch to a two-back system. It's exactly right. They could just use one guy um, where they want to switch off series or switch off situational down situational football that's up to him uh i'm sure they don't want to deal with it but um they're gonna have to find a way to get through it and like you said if they get that win at six two and one they're back they're just back in business they already look like they're back in business but this is a really big one obviously um ben is already panthers look like they're back in business too exactly ben is already complaining (laughs) about being uh, having to play on thursday night i get it but what do you want you knew this was coming stop complaining about it everybody thinks you're a whiner already so i would just say to stop (laughs) you got to play anyway so what's (laughs) what's the point of complaining so i told you i was at the sports book on sunday and when ben went down for that play the sports book got very quiet yeah it did (laughs) Yeah, it did. People are all in on uh, all in on the Steelers getting two and a half. I was on. I was on them too. Yeah. So, all right. So, a couple of stats for James Conner. He is he's caught the ball 108 times for 689 yards over the past four games. Um, he's obviously said he's built for this. He's on pace for 2,170 yards over 16 games. It would be just short of Bell's best full-season performance of 2,215 yards all the way back in 2014. In 2016, Bell paced for a historic 2,500 yards, but he only played the 12 games. So uh, I think the teammates are obviously behind him. David DeCastro said, honestly, no one cares anymore when asked about the Le'Veon Bell situation. Why would I? This is David DeCastro. I don't want to waste the energy. I have to block some of the best players on the best defense in the world. Do you think I'm going to worry about a guy who's not here? Like I've said before, I love Le'Veon. There's great memories with him. But it would do an injustice to this game worrying about someone else when I'm on the field. I'm just trying to give my best effort for the rest of the people on the field with me. So uh, connor has been diplomatic about it. I think there was obviously some anger back in September. I think that's probably subsided to some extent. Maybe A, because they're playing better. Maybe B, because connor has been so damn good. But yeah. uh, I, I, I was even texting with, with – uh, a couple guys yesterday, same guards among them, just talking about this whole thing because Le'Veon tweeting seems to incite entire mm-hmm. hours of content for us and everybody else. Right. But Ben isn't your Listen, prototypical leader. Your girl breaks leader. up with you. Well, right. I, I, here's what I was going to say. Ben isn't your prototypical leader. I don't think the team follows him necessarily. AB is not that guy either. So. Without with Ryan Shazier no longer a part of the team every day, it seems to me it probably falls to those offensive linemen. You have Alvin Villanueva, who's a is an Army veteran who they probably right. respect immensely. <laughs> Decorated, yeah. And you have David DeCastro, who is one of the best offensive linemen in the whole league. And I think his, his I think his comments tell you everything you need to know. I think he's an offensive lineman, 
probably run the show there. They'll welcome him back, and then that'll be it'll be squashed. I think that's the way Tomlin wants it. Yeah, I think and you talk about the leader there. They all they all know to follow Tomlin, right? The way he talks up at the That's podium right. and stuff like that. But I think it fits. You know, you talk about this blue collar city, the road grinders, the the linemen being those quote unquote leaders. But what I was going to say, Blue, it is listen. It's natural human tendency. Your girl breaks up with you. You de- you know you're depressed. You may say some things in a passive aggressive way. Then all of a sudden you got a new girl. And she starts looking like one of the best ones on the block. And all of a sudden, you're like, who cares about that old girl? You know, and that's what I think they got. And James Conner is a nice new girl. And they know that he's the, that he's the long-term answer anyway. Because one thing we all agree on, Le'Veon Bell will not be wearing black and gold as of like March 9th, 2019. So yeah. they got to, you know, they got to ride keep hope alive on that. I, I, I think really? I mean, I've seen no, people ridiculous. try to keep hope alive. It's I, too I think acrimonious, it's, I think. I, I think it's been long over. And, and honestly... To be fair, I, I don't know that it's going to be terribly acrimonious. It may be on the agent's part. Maybe right. Bell will be like, man, they should have paid me. But he's made a lot of money. They've been successful, even though they haven't won a ring with him. And I think they're just going to move on. And bo- they're both going to be, quote, unquote, happier uh, apart. The Steelers have a new guy. He'll have a new team, and we'll see. But there are people out there trying to keep hope alive that they'll they'll stay together. So, uh, anyway, let's talk about how great I was this weekend with my picks. <laughs> finally, finally, a three sure. and zero, and a survivor pick win. My survivor pick yeah, is down really... to just two, like I said, in my competition. But oh, have you picked the Chargers yet in your survivor pool? Yes. Oh, because I was like, they're rolling right now, and they got Oakland. They're going in different directions, I my friend. I picked them when they teams. played San Francisco, and it was a tight okay. I sweated okay. that whole game. So I, have two cho- I have two options. I have Atlanta at Cleveland. I have Philly hosting Dallas. I have temporarily picked Atlanta, but those are the two that I'm really looking at. I'm not going that Giants-Niners game. I'm not Is Atlanta at home? They are at Cleveland. I have to, look, it's not, they're not easy anymore. It's week no, 10. No, no, it's week 10. Listen, I'm, I'm in one where I got to do – I told you in mine – I they told never you weeks are 5, easy, 10, and 15. I told you in mine, weeks 5, 10, and 15, you got to pick two games. Yeah. So you I'm screwed two. right now. I actually just lost – I had two of 35 entries that were left. I lost one with Dallas. I told the commissioner I originally picked Carolina. I emailed him on Thursday. Can I switch Carolina to Dallas, please? So there you go. How about that? <laughs> There you go. But you did go three and zero, blew it. You had the Chiefs minus eight. You had the over on Atlanta, Washington, and you had the Pats minus five and a half. With that three and zero, you also had the Bears and Survivor going to six and three on those picks. Scott and I with Dallas fall back Why to six and three. Why did you pick the Cowboys? Why did you? Yeah, what, you did, what were you about thinking this? about the Cowboys? I, I, I don't know. I could have <laughs> should have just went where my original hunch was, which was the Carolina Panthers. I was just worried about the divisional matchups. And, and by the way, the Fitz magic threw them back into that me. game, so it, he did. It was a sweat. It was 35-7, and that thing got oh, I know. tight. Just like they the Steelers by game. Parlay. Just like yeah. that Steelers game a few weeks back here. He was like, all right, this thing's over. And he just throws three touchdown passes. You're like, what the hell just happened? It it, he really is interesting. We, we talked me, about him the other day a couple of times. Uh, and I, you and I might have said this, but. Ryan Fitzpatrick is. I, I want. I, I keep. I might keep misquoting his age, so I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's got to be mid thirties. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. He's 35. He's going to be 36 right after Thanksgiving. He went to Harvard. 
Happy birthday, Ryan. He's made uh, many, many millions of dollars. Sure. He started as a quarterback on one, two, three, four, nine, five, maybe? six, seven franchises. It's wow. the only guy, I think, ever to do that. And he still and... somehow maintains like a good Q rating. People like him. Right. Like he's set up for the rest of his life. But he can my... go be an, anal- an analyst. Right. He could be a pitch man totally for true. used car sales. Look, you know? It's he's all good. house money now. It's Damn been right. house money. But that is what's so fun about it. People are, are seem like are angry at him. I see at times, mainly because they're picking against Tampa, and he's keeping them in right. every game. And but he's bringing them back. Can right. you imagine a guy in the entire league playing more carefree than Ryan Fitzpatrick is? He doesn't no, care. I think, like zero, you said, he's house money. Failure. He's thirty-five, like you said. He's got a future to be a pitch man for like Dollar Shave Club or whatever he wants, right? He's over here wearing Deshaun Jackson's chains and track suits. Yeah. He's living his best life, That's and I don't saying. blame him. Unbelievable. He's playing so carefree. He doesn't care. Like, oh, I threw a pick. Fine, I'm going to throw it the <laughs> next twenty times, and we're going to score three touchdowns. And he does it. He's leading the only the guy who may give percentage right now. 17 touchdowns and seven picks. Seven picks isn't great. He's got the most yards per attempt in the league, 9.7. The most yards per catch in the league at 14.7. The most, the highest net yards per average. I mean, they are just, he is just dealing right now. He doesn't care. I submit two guys who may, like, give less of a crap because they're fine. Who? All right, one, Rob Gronkowski. He's hurt. He don't care. He's living life. He doesn't care. He's chilling. Yes. Rob Gronkowski is going to be wait. fine. <laughs> there is a lot of pressure on them to win. Okay. And okay. he is obviously banged up. He couldn't play the other Sure. Day. I'm talking and about it in a slightly different way. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, like Fitz doesn't even have to deal with that. He's like, all right. Right. So what, what's yeah, the, yeah. what are we going to do this year? Go six and ten? And another and way. going to blame me? Everybody else is going to get fired. I might be the only one left. Yeah, he is. He will be without blame. This other guy that I was going to submit will not be without blame, but clearly does not care about this year. And that's John Gruden. <laughs> he don't care. <laughs> he's positioned. He's worried about the future. Like it's a different kind of way of approaching the question, right? I, I know it. what you're saying with Fitzpatrick, but like you know, these are guys that give absolutely no craps. Yeah, but Gr- <laughs> right yeah, but now. Gruden is also the guy that like. He's like throwback, and he's like, I, I wake up at 3.30 in the morning every day, and I grind it out, and I work 19-hour days. Like, that's not fun. He's also got 10 years and $100 million. That's, uh, that's great. To me. Great money. <laughs> it's great, nice work if you can get it. But sure. he's getting hammered every day. And it may, yeah, it's true. good that he – I'm sure he's got thick Being skin. in the booth is probably a little bit easier for him. That's what I'm saying. That's the, yeah, that's the good life. That's that Ryan Fitzpatrick life. He's yeah, you know, like Fitz- five million bucks a year to be an announcer. You I know Fitz is going to wind up back in the booth somewhere. I get slightly less. <laughs> if, you, if you were, I'd have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. favorite <laughs> nations and all that good stuff. But, so, but that's what I'm saying. I think Fitz, of everybody in the NFL, yeah. is just playing with the most house money. That's why he's playing Antonio well. Gates. Antonio Gates. He can barely walk. <laughs> okay. They had to drag right, him out of his lazy enough. boy to come back to play. Um, yeah, but you. yeah, he probably um, he, he's probably in that camp. That's actually a good recommendation. But I, I'm I'm saying it all the, 
as evidence of that's why he's playing well. There's no pressure. Like imagine playing with yep. no pressure, zero pressure. Which like, is why I said maybe what are they going to do? He's better in that way. Say oh, he's better in that to. way. That's why I said they named Jameis, and just if they need, let let carefree Fitz come on in. Apply the pressure to Jameis. Name him the starter. You throw one pick. Bring in Fitzmagic. You heard Steve Young say that. I think it's an interesting idea, and it keeps Fitzmagic in that carefree loose, which is where he operates better, a la Geno Smith getting his jaw broken. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, that, that was my, my rant on Fitz. It's amazing. Yeah, fair enough. It's fun to yeah. watch now. It's now Living I, his best I, life. Now, it's taken me a, it took me a few games this year to, re, to sort of realize it, but what a, what a, what a thing to be. Ryan Fitzpatrick right now, and they have an opportunity, by the way, to finish in last place six of the last seven years. So that's not great, and he won't care because he'll either be a backup somewhere else, or he'll be there, or in a coaching chapel. ESPN game day, <laughs> that too. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like oh, I'll just take all job offers. So I wonder if he was in that mix with Jason Witten trying out for that with job, Witten. and Greg Olson and that whole crew. It's like the th- you know, the thirty six year old guys are all yep. bucking for jobs because they don't want to play. That's the next anymore. step. Uh, anyway, so that was it. That was my rant. I didn't expect a rant about Ryan Fitzpatrick for so long, but it's good to be him. So we'll come back, talk about some waiver wire stuff and a few other, maybe Demaryius Thomas. You got some drama there for the Broncos. We'll be right back on FST mm. on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. on FST. Rocking out on this Tuesday. Congrats to the thousands of you at a profitable profitable MLB Daily Fantasy season in 2018 using the Daily Roto MLB DFS Optimizer. We're halfway through the NFL season. The NFL Optimizer has already produced millions of winnings for its subscribers, including multiple winners in the hundreds of thousands and a $1 million winner with the NBA in full swing. The DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer is now available, and subscribers are crushing on a nightly basis. So if you're hooked, you can now buy the DailyRoto.com Elite Package, giving you access year-round to the suite of successful tools and projections that DailyRoto.com subscribers have been using to print money in NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, and PGA Daily Fantasy. And when you sign up for the Elite Package, you get the new NFL betting tools they've rolled out, including against the spread, money line, game totals, and player props. So head on over to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, and check out what the Elite Package has to offer. If you don't have a problem with winning money year-round, you're going to love it. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount and start winning today. Dane, you have a nomination for a more carefree guy than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who is it? Oh, sure. Um, Adam Vinatieri. Adam Vinatieri and the three things, you know, you were talking about, you know, when I mentioned Antonio Gage, you saying he can't walk and stuff like that, which is a good point. There is no CTE risk for a kicker. This guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame. This guy is still doing it in his 40s, gets to still live the life. And I don't think anywhere in the Northeast or at least in New England, he will ever pay for a meal for the rest of his life. I think it's a pretty good one. 
because of because of everything you said. Plus, this is a Colts team. It's like, what are they hoping to do this year? They're right. hoping to be eight and eight. It's like, sure. all right, these kicks mean a he lot. He gets to be indoors in December a bunch, you yeah. know? He That's doesn't right. have to sit and freeze. That's right. Like, these kicks mean <laughs> a lot, but they don't mean His practice much. week is pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> you get to go to Houston and Nash- Houston indoors, Nashville, Indy is indoors. That ain't bad. That ain't bad. Jacksonville. I mean, that's no the problem that's actually, there. might be the best weather situation. <laughs> no NFC South. There. Both of the Souths are good. Yeah. NFC South. Well, if you're like Atlanta, New Orleans, you're indoors for most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, you got a couple of domes there. You got uh, Tampa, Charlotte, Carolina. Tampa. No problem. Beautiful. Anyway, enough about the weather. So, uh, <laughs> so all right. Demarius Thomas, a little drama here. Uh, he had a lot more to say about his former team. This is according to NFL.com. Kevin Patra, the around the NFL writer. He put this together. Thomas repeatedly said management. He went on, I don't know why he did this. He went on Orange and Blue Radio, 760 AM in Denver on Monday mm-hmm. to expound on his feelings of being traded from the Broncos. So Scorched Earth. Yeah. Like I don't know why you would do that. Like just you're already in Houston. What do you do? Do it on the Houston station at least. That's right. right. That's what I'm saying. Give your guys give your new guys a scoop. So right. he maybe maybe it was a regular uh, segment. A spot so that he was already I, had a so, commitment to. Anyway, he repeatedly said management from Coach Vance Joseph to GM John Elway gave him the runaround on the trade rumors this season. He said it was so tough, Thomas said, of the trade via 9news.com. Even leading up to the Kansas City game, October 28th, it was tough because that one day I didn't say anything to anybody. I walk into the job and Vance Joseph walks up to me and says, don't listen to the trade talks. It's not true. Before the season started, the trade talk was still going and nobody said anything to me. Why come to me Monday when it's the same talk? When he said that to me, I said, how is it not true? My agent, Todd France, called me today and said Elway wanted a fifth-round pick for me. Uh, he seemed peeved that the Broncos wouldn't be open and honest about where they saw his future with the organization. So we're telling stories to each other now? I thought we were going to be men about this. This is a quote again. Leading up to the Kansas City game, that's when all this started. The emotional everything, because I knew it was something. I knew something was going to happen, but I still had to grind it out, play their game, and get through it, because I didn't know. I played like a game, the game like I was going to be here, but I didn't know. Listening to that from him, and then another couple of coaches coming up to me and saying, oh, yeah, it's all fake. Then it really happens, and it's like, man, it is what it is. So, he, And he says at the end, you know what bothers me? And I don't want to stir any pots, but it bothers me. I had people from Denver <laughs> saying, like, they really said they got rid of you because you were the problem on offense, and they said they wanted to better the offense. I'm like, really, bro? People just keep stirring it on. So I'm going to stop it there because he keeps going. But uh, as you said, scorched earth. He's done. I mean, he was there nine years. He was. He's right. great, dude. He might go to the Hall of Fame. I, the receiver thing, and I say might yeah. only because – the receiver thing is com- getting complicated league now. now. Who knows? It's and there's a compl- backlog. Yeah. yeah, there's a huge backlog. Chris Carter it took years for Chris Carter and Terrell Owens to get in, and those are top sure. five receivers of all time. And Moss it took finally years. this year. Yeah, um, yeah, Moss got in right away, which is kind of funny because T.O. had better stats uh, than he did. But anyway, I don't want to digress into a Hall of Fame thing. It, it is just I, I get it. I, I think it would, it would have been a hard environment to play in. Uh, when you don't know whether or not you're going to be traded. I'm not crying over the millionaires, but I'm just saying I, I think I could understand it being difficult to not know if you're going to be gone you know, from one day to the next. Yeah. 
So. It sounds like, you know, this is what some people are feeling uh, in Oakland as well. You know, that was what the talk was about Oakland. Remember when you were saying, uh, Gruden saying, it doesn't look like he's going to trade Mark Cooper. He doesn't think he's going to, and then he winds up doing it. And that's, you know, that's uh, if, if these players are going to put their butts on the line, they want to at least feel wanted. And it's a natural human tendency, even though the millions of dollars and can I am, uh, show some and I'm mindful desire. of what I'm, And I'm mindful of the position that the coaches and the organizations are in. They're being asked very yeah. pointed questions by reporters Right. They can't they say, Why? yeah, we're shopping Demarius Thomas. They can't say something right. like that. It would be an absurdity right. because what if they de- can't find the deal they're looking for and he's got to stay there? Right. Um, it's already bad mm-hmm. enough that he knows via rumors and everything else, but I, I, people call coaches liars and all that kind of stuff, and I, I think it's just part of the job. You're just going to have to lie to people. It's like what's a college coach going to say if he's interviewing for a job before the bowl game? You know what I mean? Time. Like, what yeah. are you going to say? Nonstop. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. The only thing you can say, and I've seen guys figure this out, I haven't talked to anyone about, about it. it. No, you can say, I haven't talked to anyone about it. The key point, Yeah, but your agent key, has. That's right. The key, <laughs> the, the, the key word is I. You haven't talked to anything, but your yep. agent's handling the whole thing. So you've talked to your agent about it. It doesn't mean you've gone to a school or whatever. You know, back in the day, Bobby Petrino uh, was going under the cover of night in private jets interviewing right. for jobs. And I, I think those days are over. There's too many reporters out there uh, clocking right. to see what you're up to. Uh, you know, at least the other day, Demarius Thomas, three catches for 61 yards. He makes the transition. Uh, he, uh, he called a timeout which was actually a smart play because he knew he was – I don't know if you saw that. He went in motion on one play, realized he was in the wrong spot, and he called the timeout. It's a veteran move uh, right. to know that you're about to screw up and let me just take a pause here so that I don't blow up this entire play. It was like a third down play, so uh, you saw that. Anyway, so there's the drama from Demarius Thomas. How about waiver wire stuff? What do, who are you looking at this week? Sure. I uh, talked about it with – Scotty, last hour, you know, at quarterback, you know, there's the Mullins thing. But listen, Giants and Bucks are the, his next two games. Nick so that Mullins. could be tasty about if it. you need a playoff push. Um, running back, uh, I'm really interested in Duke Johnson. Maybe he's a bigger part of this offense now in a new scheme, especially in PPR I made the Duke formats. Johnson call the other think, day, and that whole crew shouted me down. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. ticked off I didn't use him in daily. Especially in PPR formats. Another guy I like, listen, and when you look at snap counts, when we talk about that next time, I think he out-snapped uh, Crowell. Elijah McGuire on the Jets in PPR formats. Keep an eye on him. He's only owned in about 15 to 20% of leagues. Dane, we are in a Other league guys, together. The- we are in a league together. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up Elijah McGuire. How did you not pick up Elijah McGuire? I did. How did you not do that? The Jets fan that you are, you know Elijah yeah. McGuire. You knew he was coming back. How did you not do it? Yeah. Um, you scooped me. What am I going to say? I I'm in like I seven you. leagues. Sometimes I don't manage them all <laughs> correctly. A fair so point. It's a lot, man. It's a, it's a lot. Point. I played Marquise Goodwin by <laughs> accident the other day. <laughs> it's a lot. I woke up on Friday you know, morning. It's like, I was like, oh, McGuire, do I, I check for him on like six leagues. He's owned in all of them. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I, you know. Spending that's time my answer. I know tweeting like about it, how I think George Kittle's going to be good in yeah. my own league. I and then don't Marquise have him in your own league. Yep. It happens to me all the time, unfortunately. I got to take my own advice. Also, just don't forget. There's some remember this guy's coming off buys, okay? That maybe some people may have had some interesting drops in the previous week. So I just yes. want to remind you about that. Gio you know, Bernard, so running back, Naheem Hines. Gio Bernard, yep, potential sure. asset coming back off of injury. 
yep. as he's working his way exactly. back. Exactly. Think about these Philadelphia running backs coming back. If you believe in a guy like Josh Adams, of course, Scotty Engel, who's a big Seahawks fan, uh, says that one, if Carson is going to miss time, yeah. Mike Davis is yes. possible. One as important well. one. Who? What happens to the Cincinnati passing game with AJ Green out? It seems like yes. he's going to miss multiple weeks. So what do we have? Yeah. There? So that's why for me, that's why for me, only twenty three percent owned is CJ Uzuma. And I think he is someone that you may want. Remember, they're coming off a bye as well, so he may be available. We already know about Tyler Boyd. I don't believe in John Ross, so I think Uzuma could be interesting. On the wide receiver side. You cannot believe in John Ross, but if he's going to be back, if he's going to be healthy, he was practicing. I got to see it first. Uh, Yeah, so it seems like he practiced practicing yesterday. He was limited, I think, something like that. Yep. I I think in the passing game, it's it's okay to say Uzuma, but I think you can also look at Gio Bernard and John Ross. I think those are guys that can pick mm-hmm. up for them. So John Ross only has seven catches okay. on the season. Trust me, I know what kind of a risk it is, and <laughs> I'm the first one to be critical of John Ross. But at some point, opportunities are there. Right. You've got to take advantage of it. So uh, I think that's a big one. That's devastating to my But if it's a two- or three-week thing, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see how long it is for AJ. Well, I mean, at this Other point, wide receivers. At this point, oh, we're trying to piece it together, uh, you know, one week at a right, time. Right, for the next three weeks for a playoff push. So right. this week, the buys. Yeah, so if this, you're trying to. This week, sorry, the buys are Ravens, Broncos, Texans, Vikings. So we're going to lose some high-powered guys yeah, in Minnesota at least. Absolutely, Manny Sanders as well. Um, so at wide receiver, listen, people dropped Valdez-Scantling when they heard that Allison and Cobb were coming back. But now Allison may need surgery. Valdez-Scantling only owned in 40% of leagues. He's a guy, He's I think, uh, Terrell Williams for the Chargers is a 45% owned. Yep. He's an option. Yep. I am not going to Maurice Harris. I don't care if Crowder <laughs> and Richardson, I don't care if Dotson drops everything. I want I want parts of more dynamic offenses. And that's the point I was making with uh, Scotty. Give me any shares of, you know, give me Sammy Watkins, you know, give me Traquan Smith, give me shares of these prolific offenses. So that's where Tyrell Williams even falls. I like Valdez over a guy. Yeah, over a guy like Maurice Harris. And the same kind of thing uh, with buys go. It's worth a check. Christian Kirk, only 40 percent owned. And get this, Blewett, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald is only owned in 75% of leagues now. Yeah. Uh, there's a quarter chance you can get yourself Fitzgerald, and I think that's an interesting option too. Worth a check at least. The last name I'll say is Adam Humphreys. Seems to be getting a lot of opportunity in Tampa. We know about that passing game. Um, check, I think Adam Humphreys is getting more opportunities than Godwin has become touchdown dependent. Yeah, so yeah, that's good. We'll, we'll obviously get into it a little bit more in the next couple of days, but those are some good names to take a look at uh, as far as QBs that you might need. Like, as you said, Nick Mullins is out there. You're going to have to piece it together through the bye weeks uh, as best as you can. So you may want to. It may be time to pick up and stash Lamar Jackson, too. Oh, the Lamar Jackson era about to begin. After the bye, they may do it. If Baltimore to, loses one more, happy they the may Steelers do it. could play a, such a significant role in that. So long, Flacco. We hardly knew you. Kane and I will be back tomorrow on fit. Thursday. He'll be starting for the top tomorrow. Yeah. Flacco with the fish. Talk to you soon on FST.